get started on this podcast, I want to do a huge shout out to the Black Ops Agency where you see all this that we're doing, this is what they do. You want a professional outlook, professional videos, professional editing, you need a website, these are the guys that you want to contact. So, huge shout out, Black Ops Agency. We'll see you next time. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered Naked Truths. This is Rami. And uh, Andy, we're here today. We are here, guys. And today is very interesting because we're going to talk about the subjects that it's very important for all of us. How to create a safety zone for your staff, if you run your business as a leader, or you're, if you're a father, you're a mother, you're in the family environment. We're going to talk about that and some other stories, but welcome back. Yeah, it's good to be back doing, again. Andy? It's good. It's good. It's funny. Friday. Friday, it is. It's it's funny. We were we were just discussing the camera and the microphones and covering and genetically, I have more than one chin. <laughs> um, so I'll 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 intrigue you here for a minute. So my dad, um, as we're talking about family-owned businesses or family-run businesses, my dad never speaks. Like never, never. He's very very stoic. Okay, very stoic. Um, he, we talk a lot more now, but anyway, he, he has been the consummate. So my son is the oldest and then my son's kids are the youngest grandchildren, like great grandchildren now. So we're in the second generation. Wow. So we were back in Iowa and, uh, my dad has messed with every grandchild. He has picked, poked, messed with them, given them a hard time. All of them, all of them. And so he's messing with Braden. Um, Tanner's son and um, he's on the lap and my dad's poking and this and that and so Braden escapes we call it escapes and he turns around and he looks at my dad and he says you don't even have a neck (laughs) (laughs) so and and my daughter had just turned off the camera like two minutes before this because they were videotaping it but it was so funny because genetically we have this secondary and third and my dad, you know, he's gotten older. He just doesn't care. So he said like this and he didn't have a neck. So Braden named him Papa No Neck. Oh my God. So I'm protected from choking. If somebody, you know, comes in, I got that double, I got that double neck move going on. Well, you know, we have this camera. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Can you take a little yeah. off the top here and off the bottom and everything? Hey, look, I got my shirt on today. I know. Rami. I know. That's nice. Thank you. Thank you. That's nice. Thank you for supporting me for my other show. Talk to Absolutely. Absolutely. You, know. you guys will notice we did move. Yeah. We're we moving around the studio We're getting better. We, yeah, we, 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 we have our new sign is coming next episode. Hopefully, we're going to have our Hopefully. own Hopefully. Well, you know, sign. shipping shortages. Yeah, Who I knows know. when it'll get here? But it was ordered yesterday. Yeah. Oh, my God. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. That was good. But, you know, I decided to bring up this subject. As you know, you are very involved, actually, in this subject that, you know, the leadership. The leadership. It doesn't matter. You lead a family or lead a business. Absolutely. How you can create that safety zone that people, they can come and actually talk to you about the improvement, pain, suffering, habit, whatever the subject is. These days, I think we are missing that, which is most of our leaders do not understand this important fact about if you want to be a good leader, you got to You got to trust people. Oh, absolutely. There's, there's one of the hardest lessons, which is ironic. We're having this because we had coaching yesterday. So we'll gig into that. But 
a long time ago, um, I, I've taken courses under some of the greatest leaders that I believe are around. Okay. So this was one of, um, John Maxwell's. Oh, wow. I was sitting in, um, I can't 2014, 2015. I'm in Orlando and he's given a, a talk on leadership, and he said this, you cannot be a good leader if you were never a good follower. So in order to be a good leader, you must be a good follower. And it took a little bit to set in because they are not mutually exclusive. They are not different. Following means trust. You said it. Following means understanding. Following means vulnerability, courage, And so you talk about that as, you know, how do you create that space? And it's really interesting. And, you know, as you know, we are not perfect. No leader is perfect. Wait, wait, we are perfect. We are perfect. We are perfect. Ask our family. Yeah, ask our family. And I'm not the perfect father. You're not the perfect father. You're not the perfect CEO. And, you know, I'm not the perfect CEO. But that doesn't mean, but we still have to be able to understand with the people around us and be open to their ideas and listen. That's the most important thing to listen. Otherwise, for example, instead of listen, how about hear what they say? Hear what they say. Because there's a difference between listening and hearing. Listening means, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Hearing goes, oh my God, Rami, tell us more about this subject. Because you have a different idea. You have a different perspective. You look at it in a different angle that I look at it. And that, that's huge in any organization. That's huge. Otherwise, why the heck I hire or I ask help from Andy? Why did I do that? If you know it all, why did you hire that person? Well, and it's not even hiring somebody. It's, it's really interesting. As, as owners, CEOs, COOs, CFOs, we all have blind spots. We all do. All of us. As a father, as a husband, as a human... I mean, I joke all the time. Thank God there weren't cameras when we were kids. Like, I mean, we're just glad we survived, right? right. And we can go, we're going to have one of these conversations just going to be a Gen X conversation. That's it. Yeah. We're talking about how we were raised, right? Oh my but God. for today, you talk about creating that safe space. So yesterday, yesterday, it's so interesting to me how these things float together. Just yesterday, our coached us. Our coach asked us to ask better fucking questions of each other. What is that? Like, in what aspect? It, it's, we're asking the wrong questions of each other. You talk about safe spaces, and the boundaries are not, so, so, the better question is, so, not how did you come to that conclusion. Tell me how you got here. Tell me what benefit does this action have to the organization? First and foremost, right? So you talk about creating safe spaces many times in any organization. The questions that get asked are superficial questions because they draw on the person, not the entity, Hmm. Right. So if we're having a business conversation, a better question is Rami, why are you doing it that way? Does that make it personal or does that make it about the entity? It makes it personal. 
what I just asked you there is I was specific to you. So now when you talk about creating a safe space, it's okay. As your role, what does this have to do with the business? So think about this other side of it. Have you ever been in, I mean, you're in a family business, right? You and any of your family ever disagree on stuff? Oh, absolutely. Any of your conversations at home ever boil over? Or do you know anybody that's ever boiled? Oh, yeah, sometimes, yeah. So my only question to people like that is, so what does this have to do with the business today? That's a better question. So safe space. So now let's talk about corporate entities. When you have behaviors, egos, and roles, power, How do you gain safe spaces? How do you have open and honest conversations? It's going to be very difficult. It's, well, most of us have trained ourselves and other people to not create safe spaces, not create um, unity because we're so afraid of what others think. So what it boils down to is micromanaging. So if I don't trust you, let's just that's not a fair statement. If I don't trust myself, And I want to speak to others. So let's just talk board level or CEO to COO to CFO to CMO to CSO or whatever it is. C-suite, yeah. Yeah, so you're C-suite. If you're a CEO and you have confidence issues in yourself, we will overcompensate by dictating or micromanaging those around us to do things the way that I would do it because I want to make sure that I'm correct. Rather than, oh my God, Rami, I need you to put together a report that states the 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 position the company's in. I need you to create a snapshot. And I need you to present that to the rest of us. Oh, okay. And when the snapshot comes up, my job is not to tell you it's wrong. My job is to go, if I don't agree with it, go, well, if this is your first run, what would you what do you like, dislike? And what would you change about your report? Or what would you change about your position? What would you do differently? Hmm. And then we have an open dialogue about that rather than, oh, my God, I don't like the way you did it. I want you to do it this way. Because you learn nothing but resentment from that. So we, we have to create those spots. We have to give people around us the duty to, to rise up, the duty to do it their own way. Because guess what? This was the other thing I learned yesterday. Again, again, you know, that's it's always funny. The lesson appears when the student is ready. Write that down, folks. The lesson appears when the student is ready. Wow. If all of us are want everybody to do things our way, then we'll have gaping holes in our business. That's, that's very powerful. If we're all doing shit the same, or if I have to do everything the way that you want to do it, then what other holes are we missing in the business? And how we're going to improve. You can't. You can't because you can't manage. Right? Test and measure. Yeah, test and measure. So you you if, always talk about that. Yeah. yeah. So do you believe we speak the same? No. Do you and your team speak the same? The hell no. None of my team speaks the same as me. They're always looking for translations for how I'm speaking. But we all go toward one goal. Well, but that's the OKRs of the business. That's the goal. It's not our goal. It's the business goals. Yeah. 
But how you can create that harmony, like I'm telling you, you talk about the micromanaging. Okay, the micromanaging comes from the self-confidence. That person, he or she doesn't have a self-confidence. Therefore, she's going to project that into the environment, which is that safety that we talk about. Yeah, but it's personal now. Is a personal, but it should not be a personal. No, it should be all about the organization. Because when you when you are a CEO and I am whatever C-suite I am, and then I have to have a different vision that see things differently. For example, I'm going to tell you from here we're going to go downtown Austin. You can take 183. I take Mopac. We both going to get there. Absolutely. That's that's the difference. That I don't think so. Leaders are open to new ideas and this is going to get harder you just mentioned it earlier the gen z's like this new generation they're coming they're not going to think like you and i no how we're going to handle that so it's really (laughs) interesting we're going to keep talking here i'm going to grab you a i I have a photo i didn't even know you were going to bring this up i'm going to bring you a photo of a company that i worked with and we had this exact same conversation So the company, the thing you have to ask everybody is, what is the goal? What's the OKR, the KPI? What is the overarching goal, right? And so as we go through this, and I have to show it because I can, because it was good. I'd love to see it. All right, so I'll find it here. Um, Glasses, of course, because I am old as dirt. He can't see. I can't see shit. But the reason I'm going through this with you is, is because... What is the most important thing that we go through when we do this, right? What and um, God, I gotta find it here. Because that's gonna be a that's gonna be a big change, not the change. Because as as you know, the younger generation is coming up, and yeah, as as a, our philosophy, as the way we ran the business before, now the new ideas are surfacing, and you know, people they're coming talking about new ideas, and how we're gonna benefit from there or learn from it. Oh my God! Okay, so this is really interesting. You said this. So this is a long-term client of ours, uh, Kevin Coffee Franchise Company. Wow. Um, these people are. They also. It's a family-owned business, blood, sweat, and tears. I believe they're coming up on their 20th year in business. They have 26 locations, and we had this exact same conversation because there was much frustration about how are we going to get from one place to the other. And so there was the way there was there were six leaders in the business. And so I'm going to show it to you first. Yeah. This was in 2014. Wow. There are there is more than one way to get to a goal. Now I'm going to hold this up for you all here. I can't tell if it's straight or not. Is that good? All right. So, in business, there is always more than one way to I get to the goal. I love that drawing. Yeah, this was a drawing, and we drew it on a whiteboard. I drew it on a whiteboard, and they went and put it on a T-shirt for the business. Now. The reason they did this was wow. because it was it was a reminder and the teaching for the owners is the personality that goes with it. So um, if this is in the way, I'll just get it out of the way. Um, so when we went through this process, you and I want to do things, right? I'm pig-headed. When I decide I'm going in one direction, I go in one direction. Now, let me be crystal clear in business. If there is a process 
in a situation that has to be followed, we follow the process, right? However, that being said is we humanize the experience. So just like you just said, in this instance here, the goal was for the business. Everybody was working towards the goal, but because everybody's role's different, you're not going to be on the same path to get to the goal. You have to allow... You just said that was the most important thing you just mentioned. Say it again. That's the different path. Like, you know... Everybody's role is on a different path. We're all on a different trajectory. In this instance, I mean... I joke about it. The one that's going in circles and squiggles and stuff. Those are those high eyes. We're going to get there, but we're going to have a hell of a good time doing it. But we must look at how do we move forward? If your OKRs are profitability, okay? The CFO is going to have a completely different outlook of how we're getting to this goal. Yeah, different. The chief operating officer is going to have another way to get there because now he has to look at operations, people, right? Yeah. Math is easy. People suck on occasion. The CEO is going to be like, okay, I'm going in this straight line. That's how I got here. Everybody else's line will be a version of that line. Because when you get to sales and marketing, okay, well, I have to get here. It's not straight for us. I mean, we could go through a thousand different processes. Kaizen's one of them. Okay, yeah. Kaizen has a simple straight. Let's throw some post-it notes up. Everybody throw your ideas of how to get there and let's do it. In this instance, to be, not to micromanage, just none of these routes were wrong. And that was the lesson to the owners. Because, I mean, it was always, I love it. Because I'm a morning person. I've yeah. always gotten up in the morning. Our team coaching sessions were at 5.30 in the morning. Holy. Because that's when... I and Brad got up. We learned pretty soon, like, oh, this doesn't work for the rest of the team. These people are not morning people. So we move things around. But in this instance, in any instance, we must determine what the goal is. And then each party person needs to determine their route. Now, yeah, Rami, if, if I'm the CEO and you're the chief operating officer or you're the CFO or you're the CMO and I don't necessarily like your route, my first question to you is going to be like, so Rami, I looked at this. This is a great, great plan. How can you make this better? But that's that's what we are missing. That part that people don't understand, you say it because you live by it, you preach it, you, you coach it, everything else. But a lot of leaders, they don't understand that or they understand they don't want to do it. For that simple thing, how do you see we can make it better? Because that requires, think about it for a second. 90% of society is busy giving other people their opinions. Like you and I are doing today. We're giving you all our opinion. You're like, hypocrites. But it is. There's opinions. But we we work together, but we don't work together on the stance of, oh, my God, if you don't perform. When I work with my team... Okay, there are responsibilities. Look, there's standards we all have to hit. Look, at the end of the day, if you're hitting or your employees or your people are hitting their standards, I don't give a shit how they fucking get to their goal. Hit your standard, hit the goal. It's simple math. Yeah. Then I don't have to deal with emotions and bullshit of, oh my, I don't, I, you can't talk like that because I would never talk like that. Okay, part of the reason we do a podcast is because is I can't say all of these things in front of all of our clients because they might, I, I have a tend to offend people. Yeah. 
fend my team, fend people, but it happens, right? It's not defending. It's telling the truth. It's the unfiltered truth. It's truth to truth. me. It's truth to me. And, and that's, the, that's the other side of it. What we do here is truth to me. What, what others do in a business setting is, is socially, most people that have been hired into a role aren't growing. This is the way I've always done it. This is the way I'm always going to do it. Then you're not going to grow. You're not going to change. Amen. You, you, that's not going to happen. How you can grow an organization without being open to how can we make this better? I love it when I go to somebody and I ask, hey, I did this, but do you know any better idea I can get there faster or make this process better? That's that's normal. For me, that's normal. I can go ask the 22 years old one of my staff and I'm 56. I don't care. But I, because that makes me faster. It, absolutely. But most people don't have that gene. Now, remember, we're on ego here. Now we're, we're touching on, I, I think I've said it to you before. What's the difference between arrogance and arrogance and ignorance? Ego. It's ego. It's all ego. It's the person saying it. It's the, it's the conversation. It's my perspective in it. What, what does, it's going to get them where? It doesn't matter where it's going to get them. They don't look at it like that. They look at it from a standpoint of what's in it for me. How am I going to excel my career? Well, most executives and family businesses that I've ever worked with, you know, one of the greatest behaviors that gets in the way of that is superheroitis. Nobody can do it better. Nobody can do it faster. Nobody can change it because I'm the smartest. We see this a ton, a ton in fitness facility owners what do you tell them i tell them they they are uncoachable until they are willing to change and if you can't change them then we, we're not a good fit and then when you can't change them they are in the c position running the family business or the company what's going to happen that's a recipe that, for disaster they will survive they will grow to the level and of all their people incompetence. they would leave yeah but that's not my problem my problem is they didn't want my advice. So the only problem I have is how do I get past that and go find the next person? Their continued issues are I'm not growing. I'm not making any more money. I'm not having any more time. My team is in disarray. Now what do I do? I think people are more open in organization to feel that being appreciated and they're growing. Absolutely. But if the owners or C-suite people are not growing, it doesn't matter. So if you guys were talking about leadership, you ever heard the law of the lid? Law of the lid. The law of the lid. Yeah. So, so, if, so here would be the litmus test for it. In business, in business, all areas of business, Here's the ranking scale, and just bear with me a second. For all of you at home, think about this for a second. So in all areas of business, here's the ranking scale. 10 is universally wonderful. You are exceptional at all areas of the business. One is I am horrible at almost every area of the business. How, we, how do you rank yourself, Rami? Hmm. That's a tough one. Exactly. Now, the second and third question that go along with that is, if you are an 8, a 9, or a 10, then all of our people should be able to get to a 7, 8, or 9. Oh, 9. Right? 
So I asked this question one time in a, in a huge meeting and I asked the question and I'm, we're going around the room and there's like 40 people in this room. And this guy stood up and goes, I go, where do you feel you're I'm 11. Really? Oh, and there was an outburst of people. I'm like, okay, tell me why. And he went through all of these reasons. Unfortunately for him, there were other people in the room who didn't take kindly to his arrogance. And it was like, in his thing, it was like, I'm, a, I'm an 11. I'm arrogant. I am totally. <laughs> in his part of it, I was looking at him and goes, you're ignorant. Because you don't actually know. You know one role, you know, for what you're doing. But, and now he has been forever known as number 11 in all of those meetings. People, I mean, it's it's a living joke. But when you look at the law of the lid, you cannot have people that are at a 10 if you're at a 7. You can't. You, you can't have it both ways. The law of the lid is the law of your people will only rise to the level of your competency in an organization or your growth. So if you stall out at a 6, everybody around you is going to stall out at a 5 Basically, and leave you. you. Why are you telling me that? In order to grow an organization, you personally, you have to grow because that growth will affect the troops. Yeah. So this is a good test. What's the number one motivation book that was ever written? How to Influence. Oh, that's a good one, but that's not it. It's a kid's book. Yeah. I, actually, you gave me one. And I was, what was, I was the book? What was, yeah, yeah. Was a, here's a, well, and yeah. what was the book called? Come on. Yeah, yeah. It was so funny. And then this is this is the truth. I, I swear to God, this is the truth. And I, you give me that book. I forgot the title. Sorry, but you know, I have it here actually in, in my desk. And I read a lot of books. And then I told my daughter, Kaylin, and she was saying, said, and she said, "When did you get that book?" I said, "Andy gave it to me, and I have to read it." But what is this baby? What is this has to do with business? And she said that there's a kid's book. Yeah. It's a kid's book on purpose. She knew it. I didn't know it. That was bad. All right. So just really quick. Can we have Wes grab the book out of his desk? Um, the book is called The Little Engine That Could. It was written in the 30s. And it, and it goes back to the principle of never-ending growth. When we are children... We want our kids to do more. They can accomplish anything. We are, we constantly, nobody wakes up and tells their kid, you are going to be a pile of shit. You are never going to grow anywhere. And if you do tell your kids that, you know, go jump off a bridge. Kids learn from us. When we were kids, we were told we could accomplish anything. We could do anything. Subconscious. We are going to yeah. be, so we are imprinting in their world about being better. The reason we give that book to business owners today is because we forget. We get tired. We get sore. We get angry. We get mad. We have social interaction. And we forget that that simple kid's book about the little engine that could is the reality of never giving up. So for employees, for uh People that are in our that are in our charge, right? Not our subordinates, but we're you know in our charge. We need to remember that in micromanagement is a level of they can't do, they can't think. In my world, the seven keys to a winning team include perfect, include 
thank you very much. All right, this is awesome. Here it is. This is the book we give to, whoops, sorry. This is the book we give to every client. Um, and we do this on purpose. And, and, and I'll then read so many engine passed by. They said, we can't help you. Yeah, exactly. Right. I think I can. I think I can. Here is a delightful adaptation to one of the best-selling children books of all time. Okay. It's all about doing more, never giving up. Think about. Wow. So think about executives for one second. This book, I've been called and told like, oh, my God, thanks for sending this for my kids. Oh, no, it's for you. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first book that I gave to my grandson. The whole purpose of these things are. Get it, guys. Yeah. Get it. Go get it. Read it. Go to your kid's room and grab the book. And it's also the other one we sent you is the all the places will go. But at the end of the day, think about this for a second. I am in a world in, in the seven keys to a winning team is never ending learning. But also one of the things that go along with it is, is making a mistake, right? You didn't get to be the owner of this business excuse me, the owner of this business from never failing. This book is all about learnings and failing, right? We have every one of us, especially those in our charge, they must make mistakes. We ourselves, our belief system of never making mistake that way we micromanage people about sending emails or talking to people or, oh my God, this person didn't like the way you talk to them. Well, tough fucking shit. They need to learn to deal with others. We as adults, if I answer to the CEO, I need to learn, again, got the lesson yesterday, to ask better questions. I needed to learn how am I going to be responsible for my results. All leadership, I don't care who you are, what teacher you are, starts within. If you don't know thyself, you will never lead others. We, we joked. The movie Blackberry. Yep. Yep. Oh that my was gosh. actually that was a great movie. Thank it, you. Oh my gosh. Would you ever want to be the 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 president and co-CEO with a guy that acted like that? Hell no. Hell no. Nobody does. Oh my God. Breaking shit, throwing things. Honestly, people, if you have not seen the movie blackberry you need to go see it in those of us i had a blackberry i was a blackberry junkie i loved my blackberry i had the first one it was as big as the palm of my hand we're trying to type and do this shit when texting like when it first came out oh my gosh but i loved it right up until apple came out with theirs and i was like and my wife's an apple junkie but there is a great lesson in that movie and and it and it goes to leadership right It goes to leadership. You watch the movie, you come back, and you tell us. We know what the number one mistake they made. You know how how he was running the actually the tech guys that they were younger, they were smarter. The guy had like a bandana and all that stuff, and they were doing things. They were you know playing you know whatever foosball and everything else. Those are things, but they were so brilliant. But the guy actually didn't get it because he wanted to mold them the way he was yes. going to. But that doesn't work anymore, especially, you know, we are, the, I think, we, you know, I'm in the 60s, guys, and this generation are changing how we can adapt to the new thinking. That's my question. Oh, 
it's, it's adapt. It's learn. Oh, oh my gosh. My favorite thing to do is to watch older people react to ideas from Gen X and Gen Z. Like I, I am just intrigued by it because I want to know how did they come to that conclusion? How did they get there? How did they come up with that conclusion? Why do they see clearly on something that we can't figure out? It's difference. My grandson can outrun me on an iPad. Why? Yeah. Because that's all he knows. And his mind is inquisitive enough to figure it out. And then now you said that and you bring these people to the work environment. Yeah. You bring it to new corporation, new environment, new staff. And then you have that school of thought, like an old one, and you stick with what you believe and you don't want to grow and you are a narrow-minded person, how that organization is going to thrive? That's my question. They, they, they still do to this date, but, you know, we are in the greatest generational, well, we've had it over the last 18 months, of quitting. Look, there's so many jobs out there today. You want good people, that's on you. You aren't going to learn, that's on you. You as a leader, people will go to work where they are appreciated and understood. Every one of us were young once too. Yep. Okay? We may not have been appreciated, but we had a difference then. There weren't a lot of jobs out there that we could change and do in the 80s, right? There was, there was you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. Jobs weren't like they are today. People don't quit jobs. People quit people. Right? So if you're an asshole, your people are quitting you. They're not quitting the black ops agency. Not yep. that they are, but they're quitting you. Yep. They're quitting if they quit our business, they're quitting me because I didn't lead them to success. I didn't set them up for success. This is not very hard to, for, for us, you know, I don't know, but it's not very hard to understand. It's not really complex. This is like, as you say, it's a simple math. It, it, it is for some. It is a, a absolute, some people's egos. Ego. That's egos. Oh my God. Some people's egos are so big that nobody can is, are as smart as them. Nobody is as good as them. Nobody, nobody, nobody. They're, they're dumbasses. That's what when I'm hiring Andy or I'm asking Andy as a coach, business coach, I cannot go tell him, Andy, I think we should do it this way. So you say, why the heck did you hire me then? No, no, you can say that. But how? Oh, like, how? Like you if, can come to me and go, hey, I was looking at this and I think we should do it this way. Great. Tell me how you got here. Tell me again. I'm going to ask all the questions of you of that I would run through. Where, what, when, where, what, how, where, what, how. We're going to run down these lists of things because we want to ferret out. Are you having any gaps? It's not my job to tell you that you're right or wrong. It's my job to lead you to the best possible decision. That's the job of a leader. It's to lead you to the best possible decision. First question I ask everybody when they bring an idea. Tell me what will be the overall effectiveness to the organization. X, Y, and Z. Great. With that, what will affect or affect will this have on our team? Lay it out. Well, I didn't look at it like that. Great. We need to ferret that out. We need to know what this is. And great. What's the process we're going to use to get there? So 
most people will think of an idea that is so convoluted and complicated that most other than you, nobody else can figure it out. We see that with organizations everywhere. They're, the the process, the complexity of it, it's so huge that many people will fail getting to there. If we look at, here's, here's the end result. The same thing we do with goals in a business, but this works for people. What are the outcomes that this person is responsible for? What are the six or seven outcomes yearly that this person is responsible for? Then you back into it and you determine what are the standards. So the KPIs, key performance indicators, which are normally 10 to 12, that are going to lead to the the goals, right? Then you back up one step further and you go, okay, what are the key activities that this person in this role has to do every day, every week of every year in order to hit the KPIs, in order to hit the OKRs, standards, right? Goals, standards, activities. Now we back up one step further. What are the five to six behaviors that each person should have? And that's the part that gets missed is they don't care about other people's behaviors. We want everybody to act like us. Now, behaviors of being happy, being positive, being forthcoming, general, being, things. Yeah, gen, general things are important. However, when I put my key behaviors, if we all have these behaviors, we would never have problem with micromanagement because people would be like tolerance, guilt, shame, and judgment. Oh, that's not good enough. Do that again. No, no. I would never speak like this, so you can't speak like this. Fuck you. That's how I speak. Like when you go to the sales and marketing, you know, this is so important that the way I, you know, promote or sell is totally different with other people. Like, you know, me personally, I don't believe selling. I believe connecting like you. We connect in different levels, and then we get to know the person. We try how can we can serve them. How can we solve your problem? How can we present the solution? You're not just going to give them, hey, this is, by the way, this is the action coach brochure. Yeah. This is what, and not going to work. Exactly. But if somebody works for that, that's what I cannot be a car salesman. No. I can't do it. it it's it's so interesting. We, we all have different ways. There are you know, four basic communication styles and, and I'll next month I'll bring in or next week I'll bring in the chart of, um, worldwide disc. I have, it's, it's an amazing chart of all the different personalities all over the world and how it's made up. Wow. We, especially when we're managing people, we must learn to manage through communication. I mean, think about that. We manage process. We don't manage people. We, I love that. We manage process. Yeah, we manage the process. And, and when people. they're new, when people are new. Write that down, folks. Yeah, write that down. It, we manage in the beginning with new people. Yeah, we may need to micromanage as we train. But we manage process. That's all. We manage the process. If you're the chief operating officer or the chief CFO or any other role, I don't care if you're a supervisor. If you're a supervisor trainee. We're managing you to the process. And if you're following the process and you're hitting the standards within the process, then there should never be problems other than with behaviors. We, we just, we've got to give people 
enough opportunities to learn. We are in the greatest retraining of society going back to work in the history of the world because right now the boomers are all getting out. They're retired. Those that can, they're retiring. Remember, boomers are all the way to 60. We're getting there, man. Yeah. So, so they're starting to get out. But since World War II, we have the greatest influx of young people, Gen X, Gen Z, coming in, or Gen Y, Gen Z, they're all coming in, right? They're coming into the working environment. Our job is not to stifle them. Our job is to bring them along, teach them, train them. And then learn from them too. Yeah, learn from them. It's it's always interesting. Um, when people hire new employees... <laughs> It's, it's always good to get a holistic view of what they think of the organization after like two weeks because they're just like, they will they will like, well, I saw this and I saw this. And then we as managers and leaders go, oh, shit, is that true? And then we go look at it because we don't know. Yeah, yeah like, I, I went through that actually, yeah. It's so fascinating. It is. It's, it's like so fascinating. they see things and all of a sudden they show our blind spots. We're yeah. like, shit. And I, I asked the same person. He's been here for almost two, three weeks. And I said, uh, what have you observed or seen? And he said, do you want me to be honest? And I said, yes. And he said, sir, you get distracted very quick. <laughs> I said, really? He said, yeah, I'm observing that. And sometimes you procrastinate. And I said, oh, okay. But I took that. It's getting better. We're doing that. But I said, what else do you know? You know, what else have you seen that we don't see? Because you're right. We, we are in the environment we don't see. And that's a great feedback. But some leaders. Oh, you get fired for saying shit like that. That's sad. But it's, that's, that is from all areas of business today. We have such big egos. We, nobody could possibly be as smart as us. We'll see how society changes and. You know, there's a lot of things that go into all these different areas, and it's up to you and I and it, to study. You have seen so many CEOs, leaders, you've been in touch with them, lead them, coach them, all that stuff. When you see that characteristic of the ego, what, why you tell them? I don't normally tell them anything. Why I not? Normally, because that personality doesn't take it well. We have to lead them down a path of path of change or education a, a, a path of self-awareness self-awareness that's the key yeah it, we got to start the with key. there self-awareness that's the key it's it is so funny how people to react oh my god they self-awareness cracks me up people are so unaware of or their afraid be, well not afraid they think they're bull in a china shop we have to ask questions of self-awareness Normally, it's not knowledge. Normally, it's delivery system. Really? Oh, yeah. The, wow. And behaviors of, you know, I mean, think about it. Narcissistic behaviors. Nobody could be as smart as I am. I'm always right. There are <laughs> other behaviors uh, that I could run through that people just don't get it. And our job is to help them be aware. Number one question I ask them when they tell me they know everything and they don't need any of our help and they're pretty smart. Because I, that wasn't the first question I asked. Normally, the first question is, is what are your goals and how are you going to get there? When they come back with really, I don't need any help. What could you possibly teach me? Oh, my God. Are you serious? Oh, all the time we get that. Holy crap. I had one last Thursday. Some young men that thought that uh, 
they knew everything. I want to be you then. You know, no, it's, well, well, the thing is, is like they wanted to pick, they wanted to tell, they've been in business for about a, well, let's just say it's two years and they haven't grown very much, but they wanted to tell other, they wanted to make sure that they were with businesses bigger than them. And I'm like, it doesn't work like that. You, you will bring no value to these people. And they didn't like that. So we didn't do business together. But the number one question that I always ask people at the end when they're not self-aware is, so if you know all of these things and you're doing all these things, why are your results piss poor? And that's usually the catalyst to a fuck you, how dare you, who do you think you are versus a... Well, how can I fix it? Yeah, they don't want to... They, they are... That is a... That is a bold statement, but people with high dominant personalities, you can't talk to them. You can't pussyfoot around. You just need to go and you need to nail, put a nail in their coffin and be like, well, if you're so smart. And keep you doing do, what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, you just keep doing what you're doing. You'll get there someday. Good luck. People's behaviors don't change based on my conversation with them. People's behaviors change based on situations in their life that cause them to reflect. Basically, as a leader, this is, we're going to wrap it up, guys. You got to know who you are. Self-awareness. That's important. Then you're going to admit to what you're missing and then get freaking help. And then be open to suggestion. Be open to guidance from the people that they know more than you. Because those people, they can guide you to the glory, to the victory. There's a, look, don't call us. Go read a book. Yeah. Go watch a video. I had a guy send me a video yesterday just on motivation. It was so true. I was like, oh, I am the equal sum of all the people I work with, but I'm the equal sum of all of our failures too. We are the preacher, but we always, I do that. I always listen. I always read. I always ask people. I bug this guy a lot and all that stuff. We are in. We are in it. We're growing. We're not just saying we're perfect. Yeah, we preach all this stuff. We have some experiences we share with you, but we also have coaching. Yeah, we, we also have coaches. Have coaching. We have education, and we know we've been wrong, which many of you have told us. So thank you. Um, <laughs> we're getting used to it, but you yeah, know, it's okay. okay. That's that. what it gets. If you like this episode, yes, and and you like what we talk about in different subjects, just you know. Follow, share, tell other people. Yeah, share it. Yeah, share it because you might help somebody. And we all can together help so many people. Absolutely. You said it best. That's a mic drop, folks. We'll see you next week. See you next week, guys. This episode was sponsored by Action Coach. If you need any help with business coaching, personal coaching, leadership, and take your business to the next level, give them a call. Especially if you're running a family business and you don't know how to manage that environment. These are the guys that can get there and help you and take you to the next level. Action Coach.